Praise the Lord. Uh, Romans, we, we're going through Romans 3. Um, this the part 4 of Romans 3. Uh, our scripture is Romans 3, 21 to 30. But towards the end of Romans 3, 21 to 30, it says, But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writing of Moses and the prophets long ago. He made, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes. No one, says, no matter who you are, says for everyone, for everyone has sinned and we fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his, in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for, for sin. Since people are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that, shows that God was being fair when he held back when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in the past in times past for he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in the present time god did this to demonstrate his righteousness for he himself is fair and just and makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in jesus can we boast then that we that we have done a, anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. After all, is God the God of the Jews only? Isn't he the God of the Gentiles? Of course he is. There is only one God and he makes people right with himself only by faith whether they are Jews or Gentiles well then if we emphasize faith does this mean that we can forget about the, the law of course not in fact only when we have faith do we truly fulfill the law praise the Lord this is the word you know so I kind of you know I, I want we, we're going to put some perspectives in place. You know, you look at you look at this country and any country really, a country without laws make a lawless country. A country that does not enforce the law or enforce its law, hence the country will be in trouble. This is when when you when you we can see in some parts of Africa. I would say because I'm African. So in some parts of Africa, you see whereby they have laws, but the, the laws are not enforced. In in that country, you see criminals roam around the country without any kind of justice. And this kind of this will bring fear into people's hearts. Praise the Lord. You know, like you, you look at America, for instance. In America, I believe the the the, the law is enforced. In some measure, in some form, 
you know, uh, if you commit a crime, there's a big likelihood that you would go to jail for it. Unless you have a wonderful big lawyer, you know, and the lawyer knows, the lawyer knows the tricks of the books, and the lawyer will be able to get you free. But majority of the people wouldn't be able to afford such lawyers. So, you know, there's a possibility if you commit a crime, you go, to, you go straight to jail. Laws were created to guide society. However, there are people that refuse to obey the law, regardless of the circumstance. There are people who knowingly or knowingly break the law. You know, I'll give you an example. You know, you tell a child, I remember telling David, I said, David, don't go over there. That's the time the child will want to go over there to see what is this thing that daddy is saying don't go over there. That's what happens. That's, that's I'll call it curiosity, but at the same time, Paul calls it the sinful nature. And that's what it is. And look at what Paul says about the sinful nature in Romans 7. Romans 7, 14 to 25. Romans 7, 14 to 25 says, So the trouble is not with the law, for it is, it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree with the law. I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. You see what I was talking about? That, that sin nature is like curiosity. He says, and I know that nothing good lies, lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I want to do what is wrong, what is wrong but I do it anyway. But if I do what if I do what I don't want to do, am I really the one doing wrong? It is, it is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered the principle of life. That what I want to do... Say, sorry, let me repeat. I've discovered the principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is what? Wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that is, that is still within me. Look at what Paul says. He says, Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is that is dominated by sin and death. He says, thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So, so you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. So, Paul is spot on. There are some times you, 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 Paul is spot on. So, so sometimes that 
you really determine. Have you ever determined? Let, let's, let me bring it down to it. You have a vice. Maybe you have anger issues. Or, you know, you have some kind of vice that is, that is locking. And you say to yourself, I'm going to stop it. By tomorrow, this time tomorrow, I'm going to stop it. Then tomorrow, something happens to you. You flip and you get angry. That is that sinful nature. That is that sinful nature. The sinful nature that basically is what? That is drawn, is, is like dragging you to sin, to do something. And that's why Paul says, he says, thank God for who? Christ Jesus. It is in Jesus that what? That changes occur. But let me don't go ahead of myself. So it is the sinful nature that is waging war against you and I. You and I are being motivated by that sinful nature. But it is this Jesus that came to free us from sin. So let's look at let's look at this law that we're talking about. You know, we're talking about, but well, let's look at it in the concept of, of the times of Moses and the implications. You know, during the time, during the time of Moses, the Israelites went were in the in the wilderness and God gave them the law, which was supposed to bring stability, remove chaos, bring them to understanding that they need a savior. But you see, the, the law stipulated that if you fail in one, you are failing all. And you know what? Think about it, it's difficult. And you know, if you look at if you look at Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 28, Deuteronomy 28, 15 to 19, you will see the the results of of what happens when, you know, like I said, when you break a law in this society, you're going to jail. All right? Now, in the old times, when they broke the law, look at what happened to them. Deuteronomy 28, verse 15. I read from 15 to um, 19. It says, but if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and do not obey all the commands and the decrees I'm giving you today, all these curses will come, will come and overwhelm you. Your town and your fields will be cursed. Your fruit baskets and the bread breadboards will, will be cursed. Your children and your crops will be cursed. The crop, the offspring of your of your herds and flocks will be cursed. Wherever you go, whatever you do will be cursed. Can you imagine? I, I, I read this and I said, whoa. That is, that is deep. But you think about it. If you, if you want to equate it, being in jail is also a curse. In a, in a different setting. Because what happens is, look at people that go to jail. They come out. They can't find a job. They can't walk. If somebody goes into jail for 10 years or 20 years, he comes out, the society has completely changed. And before you know it, he, he, he can't even... If he doesn't have a job in this society, what's the point? Really? The, boys, the, the guy will start stealing again and will go back to his old 
sinful ways. And when he goes back to his old ways, what happened? He lands me back in the jail. But you see, you see that you look at all these curses. You look at some of these curses that we're talking, they're talking about. If you look at that, Deuteronomy 28, 63, it says, The Lord will afflict you with every sickness and plague there is, even those not mentioned in the book of instructions until you are destroyed. That is the curse for what? Disobeying the law. When you disobey the law, this is what is going to be heaped on you. But, but Paul says what? What did he say? He said, thank God. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God. All this occurred before BC, before Christ. But look at what happened after Christ. Look at what happened during the time of Christ. Galatians 3, 13 says what? As Christ has redeemed us, what? From the cause of the law, having become a cause for us, for it is written, Cost is everyone who hangs on the tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Galatians 3 13 to 14. Think about what it means by redeemed. We need, I need to break this thing down so we can have an understanding. Redeemed is what? Is defined, I went to Google, redeemed is defined as gain or regain possession of something in exchange for payment. To redeem a pawn watch, pawned watch. You drop, you, you put a watch in for collateral or for whatever, then you go there and redeem it. So you have to pay whatever the designated amount of money it is for you to get your watch back. To redeem your mortgage, you have a mortgage and now in every mortgage statement, they have what? Payoff amount. So what do you do? You, if, you, if you owe 200,000, you, you, you have 200K, you give them 200K, they give you the title of your mortgage, for your, or the title of your house, the deed of your house. To, 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 be, to redeem, it means to pay off, like I said, to clear out payment. I, I heard this story. It's, it's a very sad story, but I heard this story. I have to still say it. A, I heard the story of a black woman in church. She was in a church with, you know, the pastor was a Caucasian pastor, and a white pastor. And what happened was this woman, her daughter, was sold into slavery. And she went to the pastor and said to the pastor, is it possible for you to redeem my child from the slave masters? So what the pastor did was he went and found out how much it would cost to redeem the child, to buy back the child. And he went to the church and says, I have a situation with this woman and her daughter. This is how much it's going to cost to redeem her child from the slave masters. And what they then did was, 
they took up a collection and they paid the debt and she was free. They paid it in full and she was free. And she came back to her mom. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So this means that Christ paid a price to take the curse that is listed in 16 Deuteronomy 28, 16 to, 16 to 68. I haven't read those courses because honestly, those things, when I, I said to read them, it, it, it made me cringe. I was like, oh my, my. So Christ redeemed us he paid a price. Jesus paid a price with his life. All our sins were laid on him. The best way to describe it is that if a criminal, if a criminal was sent to a dealt, you know, the death penalty, maybe the criminals, you know, they give, you know, they sentence this criminal to death penalty. Eh? Detro. Then Mr. Valentine comes from nowhere. Mr. Peter Valentine comes from nowhere. Sorry, I like using his name, Peter Valentine. I just, I've had the name for a very long time. I've known, <laughs> I don't know anybody like that, but it's just a name. But Mr. Peter Valentine comes from, from nowhere, appears on the screen, on the scene, and does what? Says, he decides, I'm going to take the place of the what? Of the criminal. Hello? Hello? He says he's going to take the place of the what? Of the criminal. Instead of the criminal. Instead of the criminal to go on what? On death row. Mr. Peter Valentine says. I'll take his place. For one. On, on one condition. The condition is. This man that is a criminal. You wipe his, you sponge his record. He will be free, completely free. He doesn't have any record. Take all his records and put it on me, Peter Valentine. I will take his place. That is what Jesus did for us. And this is exactly what played out in the time of Jesus with Barabbas. Remember with Barabbas? Barabbas was set free and Jesus was what? Put in his place. Matthew 27, 26. Matthew 27, 26 says, So Pilate released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with a what? A lead-tipped whip. Then turned him over to the 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 Roman soldiers to be crucified. So, think about this. Barabbas is like us. He, he got released, set free, and Jesus took what? The place. Let me tell you something. With that simple act of kindness that Jesus showed up to us, Jesus expects us to be kind to one another. Jesus expects us to be kind to one another. Jesus took our place. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, 
2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For God took our sinless Christ and poured it into him, our sins. Then in exchange, he poured God's goodness onto us. I'm reading it from Living Bible. I read it again. God took the sinless Christ and poured it into poured into him our sins. Then in exchange, he poured God's goodness into us. So there was an exchange that was going on. God took our sins, curses, and everything. Sicknesses. Everything written in what? You know what? I'm very intrigued now. I'm going to have to, I'm going to go and this to, to between now and this weekend, I'm going to go and read that 16 to 68. Because everything that was written in that curse, whereby you will not do well, your, your, your job won't do well, is, we read it, Deuteronomy 28, 15 to, to 19. That small, just, that small, those small texts that we just read, those four verses, it's, it's already scary. But what it is, is that Jesus says, I took all those curses and I laid it upon myself. It, for me, it's intriguing, even as a pastor. For me, it's, you know, for me to even say that I haven't read it, you might, you might say, why come? But for, you think about it, it's, when I started reading it, I, I, I started saying, whoa, look at, look at 30, 38. I, I read to some, a certain part and I was like, wow, this is amazing. Look at 38, Deuteronomy 28, 38, it says, you will plant much, but harvest little. For locusts will eat your crops. You will plant vineyards and care for them, but you will not drink the wine and eat the grapes. For the worms will destroy the vine. You will grow olive trees throughout your land, but you will never use the olive, the olive oil. For the fruit will drop before it ripens. You will have sons and daughters, and you will lose them. For they will be led away into captivity. Swarms of insects will destroy your trees and crops. Foreigners living among you will be become st stronger and stronger, and will become and you will become weaker and weaker. He says they will lend money to you, and you will not lend to them. They will be the head, and you will be the tail. Can you imagine? Those are the curses. But what happened is that Jesus laid all this. He laid all this in. God laid all these curses on who? On Jesus. So, and because he laid it on Jesus, you are not cursed. I repeat, you are not cursed. So all these things, if somebody is saying you're cursed, you're not. There's nothing like curse in you. Because Jesus did what? He, he gathered everything and laid it. And could I, could I encourage you? I'm going to encourage myself. And I need to encourage you. Please read Deuteronomy 28, 16 to, to, no, 16 to all the way to 68. I'm going to read it. That's your assignment. Read it. And so you can see all those curses. 
And now you can know. You can know when the devil come and tell you, tells you that, oh, your life is being destroyed. You know, no, you say no. I have, Jesus took all these curses. With a certainty, you can say Jesus took all the curses. Praise the Lord. That's the assignment for me and all of us. That's the word the Lord kind of laid in my heart. Say, look, you need to read it too. So read it. But going forward, he says, he, when he took all these sicknesses, curses, sin, he laid it on Christ. And what happened? Christ now poured his nature in us. He poured his nature in us. Because our curses were laid on Christ, we are cursed. We're not cursed any longer. It is sad to see Christians say they are cursed. Oh, they have generational curses. And you're, you're, you're carrying your child all over, the, all over every church in the world. Every church you're going from redeemed to four square, from four square to... to uh, uh, Celestial church, you're, you're going all over the place to, to so that they can cast out the curse from the child. You're wasting your time. If the child has Jesus, all the child needs is Jesus. If the child, the child believes in Jesus, the curses have been what? Put on Jesus. Now, Yes, there's this other thing. You know, sometimes we might try to curse Christians. You know, sometimes you see people raining curses on you. You know, me and you have the ability to do what? Cancel those those curses. You and I have the ability to renounce it. You know, Isaiah 54, 17 says, but in that coming day, Isaiah 54, 17. In that coming day, no weapon turned against you will... You, it says, no one... No weapon turned against you will succeed. Isaiah 54, 17. But in, do, in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. Look at what he then says. You, not God, you will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. You have the power. If somebody has cursed your child, you have the power. If you feel that your child hasn't received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have the power to cancel every curse. We have the ability to reject, to cancel any curse that anyone has tried to speak against us. Back to what Jesus did. We've been set free. Supposing, suppose you are you are you are the Barnabas or or that criminal. So it means that Jesus has set you free. It means that you are free indeed. I bet you, when you know that you're free, can you imagine that criminal or that Peter Valentine? Says, okay, I'm taking his uh, his place. Don't you think that that criminal is going to go and tell everybody 
See what happened though. I was sitting my own. I was sitting on my own. And somebody came and took my place. Don't you know that that's evangelism on storage? That's evangelism right there. First hand. It reminds me of the, 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 the man uh, at the beautiful gate. When Peter and John says, rise up and walk. And he entered the, he entered the, the temple. Can you imagine what, what he's going to be telling the people in the temple? It was Jesus that made me walk that is first-hand knowledge. So what is stopping us from telling people about Jesus? He saved you. Think about think about where look at what the Lord says. He said, think about where you have come from and where you're going. Think about where you are now. Is there has there been any difference? What is stopping you from telling others that God saved you? There's nothing distracting you, stopping you. Look, there's nothing that will change that man that he was a criminal. They were supposed to give him lethal injection. There was nothing. Somebody says, no, give me the lethal injections and and wipe his his slate clean. That man will go and tell everybody. He'll be on CNN. He'll be on Fox. He'll be on every media saying, do you know what happened? Peter Valentine came home and he says he doesn't that he, he came and said Jesus sent him. That he, Jesus sent him. This Jesus is too much. Do you know that he'll, be, he'll go around telling everybody? There's no... Some people might think he's mad. You've gone crazy. Who, who can take your place? Some people will think you've gone crazy. But this man, he, he will he will continue to say it until he dies. This is what God expects us to do. We've been, we've been bought at a wonderful price, handsome price. On the other hand, another, no, 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 on the other hand, another thing is that you and I don't have the ability to change anyone. I've talked about this before. We don't have the ability to change anyone. We don't have the ability to save anyone. Paul says, I what? I planted. He said, the Bible, sorry, the scripture says, Paul, he said, Paul planted, Apollos watered, and God what? Brought what? Gave it. Brought the increase. Made it grow. You don't have the ability, I repeat, you don't have the ability to change your, your child, your husband, your sibling, anybody. God has the sole ability to change humans. All we can do is to pray for those people to change. Let me tell you something. Let me even shock you. You don't even have the ability to change you. Should I say it again? You don't have the ability to change you. Paul said it already. I want to do what I can do. I want to do something that is right. I can't do it. I'll be doing something that is wrong. I want to do something that is wrong, but I do the thing that is even wrong anyway. So it means that he himself cannot be changed. Except for Jesus. If Jesus didn't come, he couldn't have been changed. And think about it. Paul was killing everybody. 
He thought he was right. Until he had an encounter with who? Until Jesus. And he then says, whoa, 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 whoa. I have, I have missed it. Praise the Lord. Like I said, the funny thing is that we don't have the ability to change ourselves. God has the sole ability. This is the reason why we need to depend on him alone. This is the sole reason why we, de- we depend on him alone. In, in Christianity, everyone came this way. I- I'll give you an example. In our house, we have two doors. We have a front door and you have a side door. The main door, even for years, we, we didn't go out through the side door for years because we didn't have the key. We didn't have the key. We didn't know where the key was. So we, we, we would go out to the side door, but we, we, we would lock it, but we would come through the front. So visitors and visitors and, 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 uh, and, uh, 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 and guests and everybody, we come through the front door. Praise the Lord. The front door to us is Jesus. There's only one way to Jesus. John 16, John 4, 6. He says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's the front door. Let me tell you something. If Jesus is the only way to God the Father, the best thing that about this is that, is that we have no ability to boast that we came through a side door. If we saved ourselves, we will be boasting around that. Hey, don't you know who am I? Who I am? We have the do you know how many people who have bribed? So we can get saved. We would have bribed a lot of people. Isn't it? Isn't it in a? In, it was. It was happening. That was in the 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 thing that was happening in Nigeria. That somebody says, "Give us twelve thousand, twelve thousand, uh, one hundred twenty thousand naira, or is it twelve thousand naira? No, I think it was one hundred twenty thousand naira. Then we put you in the book of life, and people were giving. I say, what kind of human beings are these? How will you give somebody? Somebody will say, "Give me one hundred twenty thousand naira." And I'll put your name in the book of life. How? And people believe. Because they, didn't, they don't know. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. They don't know. You see what I mean? Somebody might think I will bribe. So I will do all the terrible things. But I can bribe my way to God. God said, no. No, sir. You can't do that. Jesus is the only way to the Father. And he says, when, you, when we knock on the door of God, this is where God really tripped me when I was preparing this. When we knock on the door of God, the password that will allow us, allow any believer, and sorry, let me repeat, sorry, let me, let me say, it. I'm getting too excited. He says, when we knock on the door of God, the password that will allow any unbeliever into the kingdom is faith. It is faith that opens the door into the what? 
into the kingdom. And the only thing, the only way to stay in the kingdom is faith and having the garment and nature of Jesus. That's all the Look, I repeat this thing again. We knock on the door of God. Please write this down if you can or you can think about it. The password that will allow an unbeliever to come in to that kingdom is faith. Why did I say that? When you listen to a script, a, 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 a sermon, the pastor brings an altar call. Is the act of faith, the leap of faith that you go there and say, I believe, I receive. It's a leap of faith. Now, for you and I to remain in the kingdom is faith and having the garment and the nature of Jesus. That's righteousness. Think about it for a second. The way, I, the way God described it to me, and I was writing this thing after a while, God, think about this like, like this. I'll give you this example. God is the superhero. That's the way the Lord was kind of describing it to me. God is, is, is our superhero who has laser eyes, laser eyes, to see through everything. He sees through walls. He sees through doors. He sees through holes. He sees through everything. You know why I said that? Because it's the Holy Spirit that will tell you, don't go over there. There's danger. Don't go through that door. There's somebody over there. It's a superhero that does what? Has laser beam eyes that sees everything. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, you are given the spiritual gift and that gift is only seen by who? By God. He uses his laser eyes to see into you and he, he, he will know if you have the nature of what? Of Jesus in you. If you don't, he will know. We come as what? As children. When we come, sorry, not as children. When we come to God, what happens? He's seeing the nature of Jesus in you. That's why he can come into his presence. Look at Matthew, Matthew 22, 11 to, 20, 11 to 12. Matthew 22, 11 to 12. He says, but when the king came in to see the guests, he spotted a man who was not dressed in the wedding clothes. He says, friend, he asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? The wedding clothes is the garment. The Lord picked him out with his laser beam eyes. And says, this man, he can't stay here. So some people can, will say, 
Man, fake it till you make it. I might fake it into the kingdom. But we should not forget that God has his laser beam eyes to know who belongs there and who doesn't. We should not fake it to make it. We should be real. This has to do with our life. Some people might go out to the altar and say, yes, I believe in Jesus. Maybe they are doing it because of uh, Maria that they are are coming to see. Or Maria might go out there because of Paul. (laughs) He wants to marry. He wants to tell my... Paul, I'm a Christian too. You might try to fake it. But for us to be in the kingdom, you have to walk by faith and not by sight. And you have to have the, it's like you have the nature of Christ. And how you have the nature of Christ is God that is propelling you. You depend on him all throughout your life. There's a dependence on him. A soul dependence on God. He sees it. He knows it. I can't tell you I see it. He knows who is his. That's why the Bible says, he says, Jesus says, I will come. People say, I did miracles in your name. He says, I, I don't know you. They will come in London. I say, I don't know you. What are you talking about? I don't know you. Even though you did miracles, doesn't mean you know you're part of me. I didn't see the nature, your, my nature in you. And, and now that we're in the kingdom, where he rules in his domain, we need to completely depend on him for everything. The Bible says we are, you know, I was there to, I said to research because I, God was giving me this thing and I, was, I said to research, well, it, we are citizens of the kingdom. And citizens of the kingdom are called royals. Man, you think this really, this really went, it went, because I said to Google, because I was like, what, what do they call the citizens of the kingdom? What do they call, okay, what do they call them? I went through, huh? Uh, go ahead, go, no, go ahead. You want to say something? You never have it right, man. What? I know, I know, I said, I said to Google it. I said to Google it. And, and, you know, some people say, then one person now said, it. no, it's royals. I was like, whoa. And now the Lord now opened my eyes. He says, you see, a royal is a member of the king's family. We are what? Members of the king's family. Mm-hmm. Think about it like this. The queen, the queen of London, or England, Okay, say so they have a kingdom and they are called what? The royals. Aren't they the call, they call, they call them? The royals. And they are what? Members of that family. They totally depend on what? The kingdom for everything. They don't depend on England, they depend on the kingdom. The Lord now said to me, Say, why don't you go and Google Prince Charles' um, wedding? So I Googled it. Prince Charles' wedding cost $45 million. First wedding, 
Okay, that's the one I I, I, read, I just read. He says his wedding cost 45 million. At the time he got married, the GDP of the UK rose to 87 million. <laughs> that's in 18, just, it took me a different space. Can you imagine? They, it's like half of the GDP of UK supposedly was used, wasn't used. Understand what I'm saying? It wasn't used for his wedding. But what I'm trying to say is that the kingdom, their kingdom had that amount. They had half of the GDP of what? Of the UK. They did not depend on the UK because they have their own what? Economy. They have their own economic system. So this means that the kingdom's economy is different from what? The UK economy. The kingdom of God's economy is different from what? The world's economy. We need to understand this because when you understand this, even if the, look, even if America is tanking, even if America is not doing well, even if they have economic downturn, you're not depending on the economy. You're depending, you're you're a royal. Maybe they're not showing you on, on CNN or on the media. But God sees you as royalty. And if he sees you as royalty, you're in a different kingdom establishment. You're in an established kingdom that does not depend on the world's economy. It runs on its own. That's why he says, with, with things might be horrible, and you see a child of God prospering. God will put you in a situation whereby you're prospering. I was talking to somebody, I said, Do you know that this one companies are not making money? I'll bet you there's one company that's making a lot of money. Many. <laughs> or many. Why? We need to understand this because when you understand this, you'll be living on you you'll be living such a relaxed life. Because let me tell you something, I've never seen the queen getting all depressed. Are they depressed? Why are they depressed? Do you know that the Range Rover? Range Rover. The time people knew about Range Rover. The, the king, the the king, the kingdom, the uh, the royals in England were driving Range Rover. They were driving it for the longest since I was a baby. They were driving Rolls Royce and Range Rover. That was, that was that was their 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 best cars to drive. I, I never I, since I was a little a baby, I knew. I, and I was like, man, this, 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 um, 
this uh, 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 um, Range Rover, man, be a nice car to drive. They started the old trend of Range Rover. They started the trend of Rolls Royce. We can start the trend. We don't have to depend on all people. All the economy is about to tank and you start to cry. You're not. In, you're not in that kingdom. You're not in that area. Christ has redeemed you from it. And that's why it says the blessing of who? Abraham. Abraham was blessed. Oh my, I don't I didn't even talk about that one. I don't need to talk about it. Because we're in a different what? We are better. We are, we are royals. And that's why that it then I then now it then clicked in my head when the Lord was I was typing it. It then clicked. With that, I think it's um First Peter 2 9 that says your royal priesthood. Hey, a peculiar person. Your God's what? Masterpiece. There's no one of you. You, you can't be cloned. Your royalty. And you're the best form of royalty. It, for me, it's it's truly amazing. You know, there's this African African, and I'll close with this. There's this African nation. I think it's Zanzi. Is it, no, is it Zanzi? That they have this kingdom. Um, there's a, there's a kingdom reigning. I can I have to remember. I have to remember that that I can't remember the name. But just to cut long story short, the country is doing terribly, but the kingdom itself is excelling. They have this kingdom. I'll look for the name. I'll look for next next time. I'll I'll share. It. I I googled it. I was like, are you kidding me? Is it is an African country? He said the 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 it is the country is in ruins. But the man is a king and they're doing so well. <laughs> oh my goodness. My point is that can you imagine if we can get that mentality that you're royal, you're royalty, that would take you a long way. It means that you can call upon your father, your king, the king of the universe. You know that he's going to answer. We need to understand this. Because when we do, it changes our perspective of life. We start to see God differently. We start to see ourselves differently too. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'll leave you with this scripture. Proverbs 3, 5-7. to We know the scripture very well. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. He says, seek his, will, seek his will in all you do and he will show you the path to take. Let me tell you something. This is what happens in kingdoms. 
a royalty, what did they do? They depend on who? They go, they, they go to their queen, the queen, okay, fine, boom, go ahead. You don't have to go to uh, <laughs> you don't have to go to Congress, Senator, uh, representatives, then they'll pass it into law, nothing like that. Trust in the Lord. Go to him. Trust him that he's going to answer your prayer. Go to him. Trust him that he's going to hear you. Do not depend on your understanding. You're, you know why he said don't? He says, don't look down on yourself. Your royalty. Seek him. He's the king of his domain. You ask him, so okay, what's, what's the plan today? And that's what Jesus did. Jesus went to, to, to his father and says, what's your plan today? You're the king of your domain. What's your plan? What, what, how are we going to do it? And now he directs your path. That's why the Bible says, in my house, there are, what? There are very many mansions. For God to say there are very many mansions, think about it. It means that your mansion, do you know how big that mansion could be? The wealth. Praise the Lord. My prayer is that we we understand this and we would when we understand this, we'll be at rest. We'll be at rest. Sickness is not our portion. Why? Because Jesus took it on the cross. We are not cursed because what Jesus took it on the cross. When things are not working out, don't start saying I'm cursed. You're not cursed. Praise the Lord. Amen. If you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you'll have an opportunity to do it. Just because of time, I just want you to say this short prayer. Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I am a sinner. You died for me. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Take control of my life. From this day forth. Thank you, awesome God. In Jesus' name I pray. If you pray just this short prayer, you're now called a royal. You're a royalty. You've been given the, the garment, the nature of Christ. All those curses have been laid upon Jesus. Now live for him. Trust him so that he can guide your life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.